0: Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged, and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Uh, When you are halfway asleep and your child is standing next to your bed staring at you, is this anybody? Anybody? Come on now. All right. All right. So, um, moms, and it, you have—it's an exhausting role for for um, a lot of us. We're, we're tired. You're exhausted. Uh, you're cleaning up messes. There's teething. Uh, you got to deal with sickness. I think in in Los Alamos, the day after Easter, on that Monday, I could like collectively hear this cheering and and like sobbing just all around town when school started and and <laughs> kids were going back to school for for full-time. It was great. Um, you, you're also dealing with decisions that you have to make. Do we, do we public school? Do we homeschool? Do we do organic food or non-organic food? Do, do we um, vaccinate? Uh, and you don't know all the answers to all of these things. Like even a seventh grade algebra comes into the picture, and you're like, I don't have all of the answers. But somehow, moms, you do it. And, and you do a great job of it. You, you, you are handling all the the, the schedules and, and doing uh, so many things. You also have like uh, 30 tumblers that you carry around and keep coordinated as long as you have like 30 pillows on the bed. You don't want the kids building pillow forts, but you, every night there's pillow going all around and a fort being built. And then you have 40 pillows on the couch. I still don't get that, but we have all of those things. Um, you are wondering in your leadership am I making the right choices am I am I doing the right thing and you you deal with things of like should I you know I want to I feel like called to career but then here's I I got family and kids or do I clean up the mess or do I ignore my kids and there's there's things where you question yourself and I'm Mom guilt is a real thing, but I also want to tell you, mom guilt is a liar. You are doing, hear me, you are doing a phenomenal job. Even though you question yourself sometimes, and you're like, am I just, am I doing the right thing, or am I, like, building just content for their future therapist to go over with them, you know? We, perfection is, 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 in a sense overrated, unattainable. Give yourself some grace today. Give yourself some freedom today. Because I know you're tired, and I know you're exhausted, I know you have the questions, and I know these things are real. But I want to give you some hope and encouragement today. And for some of you, uh, you, you know, like, parenting never stops. When, 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 they, when they leave the house. I mean, that's, that's leadership. That's, that's part of leadership and leading your kids is letting go. Or sometimes you see them hurt and in pain, and and you got to kind of walk with them through that. And I also realize Mother's Day, this is a hard thing to preach. Because, yes, I'm talking to moms, but I want to preach to everybody in the room. And while we want to celebrate and honor moms on Mother's Day, I realize for a lot of people, this is not a fun day. This is a, a grieving day. This is a crushing day. This reminds us of a child that we've lost. This reminds us of a child that we never got to meet. This reminds us of our mom who's not here. There's a lot of emotions tied in to today, which is why I'm glad you're here, because, again, I want to give you some hope and encouragement today, no matter where you're at on the, on the spectrum. I want, to, I want to look today at a mom of great faith. I want to look to, today at a mom of great faith in the Scripture. If you have your Bibles, you can turn it to Matthew chapter 15 is where we're going to be today. The title of my sermon, you can look at your neighbor uh, and just let it, just say, Scrappy Faith. Scrappy faith. I want, I, I want to preach a sermon called Scrappy Faith. You can put it in the chat. Scrappy faith. Because we're going to see a mom that has great faith. Scrappy faith. It says, in, starting in verse 21, And then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyree and, and Sidon. And I, I, If you ever read your Bible and you're like, How does that pronounce or whatever? And you feel less than, don't, because I don't know. I just kind of say it in my, my Midwestern English accent, but uh, Tyree and Sidon, I'm sure somebody knows it and can correct me later. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading. Now, this is all important stuff. We'll come back to it in a little bit, but she says, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for, the, for my daughter, this is a mom, coming to Jesus on behalf of her daughter, my daughter Is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus, this gets real confusing real fast. Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. Christians can be pretty triggering sometimes. Anybody? Come on now. We can be honest. Like, what are you doing, disciples? God's trying to do something here. And they're saying, get her out, get her away, turn her away. She's bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. God can be kind of triggering sometimes, can he? Come on, God. This is a pretty simple request. I'm on your team she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. I think that's where a lot of us might be at today. And it's okay if you're there. You can put that in the chat. Lord, help me. Just say that with me out loud. Lord, help me. Hey, that's the genesis of great faith right there. I can't. Lord, help me. It doesn't have to be poetic. Just a crying out to God. Lord, help me. Help me. I don't even know what else to say. I don't know what else to do. Help me. And Jesus responded, it isn't isn't right to take the food from children and throw it to the dogs. I'm going to get to that one in a second. That's rude. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps, scrappy faith that fall beneath the master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, Your faith is great. Your request is granted, and her daughter was instantly healed. Only two people recorded in Scripture, only two were recorded in Scripture that Jesus acknowledged in saying, you have great faith. He got on to those disciples saying, why is your faith so small? Two people said, that's great faith. One of them is this Gentile, uh, in, in other translations, a Canaanite woman. Those Canaanites from the Old Testament, this Canaanite woman said, you, there's something about you, there's something great. This woman of great faith this morning, persisted. I want to I invite to the stage a good friend of mine, and many of you know her. Some of you guys will be meeting her for the first time. She attends here at Freedom um, I see Jan White as a woman of, of great faith. I've known her for a long time, and if you ever get the chance to meet her, she's one of the nicest people that you ever meet, but she lives this thing out. You need prayer? Go to Jan. She's going she's to pray for you. She's a prayer warrior, but she's a great woman of faith. I want to invite Jan to the stage because uh, she has a story she's going to share with us where um, a moment with her child drove her to pursue Jesus, and I want her to share that with us this morning. So let's go ahead and welcome Jan to the stage. sit right here. So Jan, thank you so much for, for coming and, and, and sharing with us this morning. Um, and so that, that's the, the setup. It's your story, so I'm going to let you uh, share that with us. But there was a moment um, where, I want to say Nick, and you'll share more, he asked you a question, but it, it, it really was a catalyst for you to pursue Jesus and, and go after him. So uh, I'll let you, I'm going to back away, but I'm going to let you fill in and I'm just going to listen. <laughs>
1: well, first of all, I think I do have scrappy oh. faith, that's for sure. And
0: also, good. my apologies. Oh. We're going to bring this around. Okay. There you go. Okay. And Rendell will adjust me? it. You just hold it and he'll is do that it. right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, yes. Okay, so I do have scrappy faith. Am it, I on? Uh, Not
0: on. Is, okay, he's getting it. Keep going, you go.
1: Um, Okay, so um, Nick, our oldest child, was three. And um, over lunch, it was um, springtime, uh, he asked me, he said, uh, Mom, why did those people kill Jesus? Because he never did anything wrong. And I looked at that kid and I just went, I mean, I don't know what I said. I probably said, I'll get back to you on that. because i did not know and that pulled up some really emotions in me that were scary like well the biggest emotion i was angry i was very mad because for two reasons one i grew up in the church baby to 18. i mean we went every sunday to the church and i thought why don't i know the answer to this now meanwhile i'm 33 (laughs) at that time and so i had not been to church in a long time um, but I, I didn't know the answer, and I was mad about it. And secondly, I was super mad that these people at this preschool, even though it was a Christian preschool and they had every right, were teaching him something that I didn't think I believed. I was not on board with that, and I was really angry. And so that started sort of this search for is this true? You know, because you don't want to teach your kids something that's not true, and. You know, I didn't want him learning that if it wasn't true. So that started it.
0: Okay, so then um, you had that conversation. It triggered something in your brain. What? What? Where did? Where did that lead you to? Because you, you had the I mean, anger, but then you dealt with it.
1: Yeah. Well, so I had to figure it out. Well, it's the early '90s. There's no internet. That I didn't have a personal computer. Or no Google. So I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't know how to find the answer. I couldn't go to the library because I have two little kids at home. I'm too busy, full-time mother. And so I started to ask questions of people who I thought were smart. Didn't, I only wanted smart people. And so I would ask them, you know, do you believe this? And they would say things like, well, of course I believe it. I've been in church my whole life, or I've never thought not to believe it. And I thought, that is not enough for me. I'm not okay with that. That, I'm not on board. And so years passed, and Nick is five. Haley's almost two, and I'm pregnant with our third. And Tim is retired Navy, and so we moved every two years. So we're heading from South Carolina to Washington State. And as we're driving across country, I'm six months pregnant. I am super anxious. And I realize now I had terrible anxiety. I did not know that because Mm -hmm. I just thought everybody was like me. But I grew up in a home with an alcoholic father, and if you have any experience with that at all, it is very uncertain. You never know how things are gonna go, and it just makes you super anxious. Well, nobody talked about anxiety back then. (laughs) I mean, I had no idea. But I'm getting very anxious because I need a friend. I don't know who's gonna take care of these kids while I'm having this baby. Tim could be deployed, who knows? And I go down these terrible roads. And um, when we get to Whidbey Island in Washington, I go straight, I told him, I said, I have to find a friend and I have to find it quick because I only had a couple months here. And, you know, the road that I went down was, I can't leave this kid with just anybody. There's sexual abuse. I mean, all these things. I would go down weird, deep, dark places. So I told him, I'm going to go find a friend. I'm going to a church. I didn't think they were smart people, but I did think they were nice. So I was going to go there, and I went into this church, and it was super weird. Like, the people stood up and talked, like, gave announcements. And when I went to church, you sat still. You looked forward. You did not speak and you did not draw on the bulletin, if anybody knows what those are. (laughs) And I mean, you just sat there. And this woman about my age stood up and she said in the announcement time, I'm starting a Bible study for young moms And I thought, oh, good grief, get me out of here. They, you know, (laughs) this Bible thing, I'm like, they are way over the top. They're radical, forget it. I beelined for the door after it was over and got in my car as fast as I could. And that woman came up to my car as I'm parking, (laughs) I'm coming out, not kidding. And she comes up and she goes, I roll down the window, I'm thinking, oh. And she goes, "Um, I just want you to know that you're personally invited, but also there's free child care. And I thought, thank you. And I drove <laughs> off and I thought, well, I could do free childcare because I don't know anybody. Nick's in kindergarten in the morning. Haley could use to play with kids and I could use a break. Moms, you know. And so I started to go to this Bible study. Well, I went home and I told him, And I don't know if he laughed, but I know I laughed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'll go into a Bible study. <laughs> and I made fun of people like me. I did. I truly did. And it was terrible. But I didn't even have a Bible. I didn't think. And we, we searched through this box of books. We had just moved. And I found the Bible that was given to me when I was 12 at, at church when I was baptized and confirmed. And it had never been opened. And it was a paraphrase. <laughs> and so I took it. And I went and I told them, I do not believe this at all. You know, these are myths. And if you believe that, I'm sorry, but I'm not on board with that. And these sweet women let me say that. They didn't care. They just loved me. And they, they didn't try to talk me out of that. They just let me talk. And um, we became really good friends. And they were super smart. And I thought, they're smart, and they believe this thing, this Bible? They believe it? And so I was fascinated by it, and I was also fascinated by the fact that they loved this invisible Jesus. I I was totally captivated by that, but I was not on board. So uh, the baby's born, they help me, they give me meals, they're my friends, this is my friend group. And one... Uh, Tim had to go on an exercise in Nevada, and um, when he would leave and he left a lot, my anxiety would really get bad because I didn't like to stay alone. Mm -hmm. I was afraid. And in the midst of all of that, he called and he said, Jan, I I have a really bad headache, and I'm very sick, and I, I can't move. And I said, you've got to get to the doctor. And he said, okay, okay, I'll call you back. And then my anxiety went sky high because I went down funeral roads, I went down everything. And if you've ever been there or know somebody who has anxiety, it's terrible. I mean, you can't pull out of it very easily. And so I was going down that spiral and he called later and he said, okay, they did a CAT scan and there's a mass on my brain and I'll call you later because they're gonna do an MRI. And I hung up and I looked, I had the baby on my hip and two running around, and I just looked up at my kitchen ceiling and I just said, if you are real God, now's the time. And I felt this incredible peace come over me that if you've ever had anxiety and you feel peace, it's like the most normal feeling in the world, like it was just amazing. And and I heard in my spirit, and its I hope this is not weird, but I just heard in my spirit, in my own voice, be still and know that I'm God. And I just was at peace. And it wasn't the kind of peace that I knew things were going to work out. It was like, even if it didn't, I was going to be okay. Yeah. Somebody loved me. Somebody was taking care of me. Somebody cared. I didn't know who that was, but I felt okay. And so I went through the day and I was fine and actually had a great day with the kids and Tim called later that evening and said, hey, they did the MRI and um, nothing showed on it. And they're, they're kind of baffled by that and puzzled, but I'm okay. And I it, they think it was a migraine. And so I looked at the ceiling and I said, thank you. And then I never <laughs> thought about it again. I just kind of went through life. And but that week, I went back to Bible study, and I opened the companion book that went with our Bible study, and at the top of the page on the um, chapter in italics, it said, be still and know that I am God, wow. Psalm forty six ten. And I shut that book, and I was like, that is in the Bible? <laughs> and they were like... And so they uh, those sweet women showed me how to open my Bible to the middle and find the Psalms and I read it for myself and I just gave my life to Christ right then and there. Wow. He confirmed not only that he loved me and was going to take care of me and I could trust him, but also that his word was true. It like all happened at once. I knew it was infallible, I knew it was inerrant and that's where it all started. That's
0: <laughs> And thank you for coming and, and and sharing. Can you guys give you. Jan a round of applause? I don't know if you've had. That Lord help me moment, Jan just described a moment with her. And it's not to say that when you have that moment, that God's always 100% going to answer. When you see this Canaanite woman, this Gentile woman, coming to Jesus, um, what baffles me is how confusing... Jesus is in this passage if you do open your bible and you do read about Jesus he's very controversial it's why he got killed by the way like it wasn't like oh everybody loves Jesus he's just, there's a lot of people that love Jesus but he also said uh, did a lot of controversial things he said I'm God and then they're like no you can't do that and then they crucified him on the cross and then he rose from the dead saying no I really am God and That was all part of the plan. But he would often, he was like a storyteller. I always hear people say, like, if Jesus lived in modern times right now, what job would he have? And I don't know, I'm I'm clueless, but I kind of think he might be um, a movie producer. Because this dude's always just telling stories. But what was confusing, and he would even say, this is my objective, and you would see this play out in Scripture. He would just tell a story with virtually no point, and walk away. And everybody's confused. Nobody knows what he's talking about. And what you see are the disciples would come back to him later and say, what did you mean by that? We don't get it. Like, was Jesus, and Jesus like, yeah, I want to see who's the real disciples. Who's got the scrappy faith? Who's hungry today for some of this food that we got to get? And, and you would see in John chapter 6, If you read it, one of the strangest passages of Scripture where he talks about, he's like, hey, if you want to be my disciple and follow me, you're going to have to drink my blood and eat my flesh, to which a lot of people said, we out. I ain't doing that. And he he wasn't speaking literally, but, but he's confusing, controversial, pushing buttons. And even with this woman here who seems to have a legit, valid request, She's, she's demon-possessed. The enemy, your enemy, is against my daughter. Help me. She, one, she's experiencing pain and trauma in that moment, which for a lot of us causes us to question God right off the bat. Anything negative, it must be God. God's against me. He's punishing me. Mom guilt comes in, and God's against us. She comes to Jesus. Jesus. He's silent. Have you ever had silent season with God? I need you, God. I need an answer. Speak. Nothing. And God's God's still working in this. I believe in this passage, as, as challenging as it is, I still don't fully understand what Jesus is doing here. I think he knows this woman's faith. I think he knows it ahead of time. He's God. He's he's God, but he's drawing it out. But she has to go through some things. For whatever reason, I don't know why, to get this drawn out. Then I mentioned you had the disciples saying, ah, get get her out of here. In a way, they kind of say, don't just get her out. They're like, help her so she can go. Like, this is, just move her on her way. We have other people that, other Christians, other people who call themselves Christians, followers of Jesus, who don't treat us right, who burn us, and that's enough for us. When that happens to us, another test, another obstacle, if that's who God is, I want no part of them, and we walk away. Only that's not who God is. That was just who that fallen person in humanity was, and they got it really wrong. Not to say that they're not a Christian or not, I don't know, but they just, they hurt you. It hurt. But that's not who God is. But then she comes in and says, help me. And he says this statement, he says, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Now, us living in, in 2021 in the United States, this is, Jesus is not some male chauvinist pig here calling this woman a, a, a dog. You can see in her response, she's not offended by it in, in the least. Um, there's, a, there's a little bit at, at play here that I still don't fully understand, but you had Jews, you had Gentiles. They went to Tyree and, and Sidon or Sidon or whatever. That is outside of Jewish territory. Jews and Gentiles did not mix. They hated each other. All right, And so sometimes Jews would call Gentiles dogs in a slang Uh, bad word kind of way he's not calling her that he's 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 saying very clearly to her because she says hey you're the son of david which is jewish terminology he's coming on to her she's coming to him on jewish terms and so he knows that she knows a little bit about what jews believe and she knows hey jews and gentiles don't mix also in this culture women have no rights Women can't come to a rabbi and just ask them questions. So in that culture, she's not even allowed in, in in the room. Yet you 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 see what's what's there's some obstacles already for her just to get into the room. Jesus seems to be giving her a controversial front. He's he's he the dog he's calling her is not the slang term. He's basically kind of saying my mission is to the Jews, not to the Gentiles. Like I'm just sent to the Jews. This is what I'm here. At the same time, I think he knows that she knows a little bit more, and he's still drawing it out. I don't know why he's doing this. And the, the, the thing would be, the analogy he's saying is, when you serve dinner at your house, do you serve the pets or your kids? You, m- most of us, we serve, serve the kids. Some of y'all, you, you, you feed the pets. But that, he's, he's just making that analogy. When dinner's served, I feed the kids first. But she's smart, and he's still drawing this out. Again, she's not offended by this, so we can't just immediately put her into our context. we got to go into hers. And she knows, she says, but even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath the master's table. And at this point, we got a woman with scrappy faith. She'll take the scraps, and God's scraps are better than anything that we can try to create on our own. I want to ask the question, where do you need God to move in your life today? Where do you, where do you need God to move in your life today? Do you need a friend? Have you been here for a while, and you're like, I, I need a friend. A lot of us sometimes we just say, I don't need a friend. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, but I'm not, I'm not going to settle for fine. God's called us to be in relationships. Maybe you need a friend. Maybe you need him to come through on finances. Maybe it's a, an illness or a diagnosis. Where do you need God to move in today? And, and maybe you've been met with these obstacles. But today it's time to renew your faith, to, to keep pushing past the obstacles because God might be trying to do something bigger. Why, why, why are you even here today? Like maybe you came because, hey, it's Mother's Day and mom wanted us to come and we're here and I'm glad you're here. But why why did you come? Like, if we call ourselves a follower of Jesus, he's my Lord, he's my Savior, he died on the cross for my sins, rose from the dead, conquered death so I can have victory, I better be expectant. I better have a faith that expects God to move. Where do you need God to move today? be expectant when we show up here why did you come today i wanted to be that you expected god to speak to you to show you just a little bit more of who he is and when you walk out these doors that you have a next step to take outside these doors and go be the church to live in expectant faith this woman was expectant i know you're throwing all these obstacles in front of my way but you are god You are my only hope. Where else are we going to go? In John chapter 6, when everybody left. You got to drink my blood and eat my flesh, and they're gone. I love it, because Jesus turns to his disciples. Well, his disciples said, this is hard teaching, Jesus. This is hard. Yeah. He goes, do you guys want to go, too? He gives them them a mouth. Do you want to go, too? And Peter Where where else are we going to go? Where else are we going to go? You have the words of life. You're it, Jesus. There is no one else coming. You are the Messiah. You are the one. You are the one I'm hoping to. And this woman says, No, I'm not, I'm expectant. But she was persistent, too. With all these obstacles, she was persistent and she was patient. We, we, live, we live in the society that we burn our mouths on Hot Pockets. All right? We can't wait. We get met with a no. We get met with silence, and we're out. Must not. I've tried Jesus. I tried Jesus, and it didn't work. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever said that? Jesus isn't into being tried. He is. You either give your life to him and surrender to him. It, it's, he, like You... This type of faith that he's talking about is not this shallow, surface-level faith. Now, he can work with that if you're willing to say yes and obey and move. But this is, I'm banking on you, Jesus. Everything's on you. I'll give you everything. In the silence, in the criticism, in the no's that you give me, i follow you. She was persistent. She was expectant. But I also want to say here that there's something else going on, potentially. There's, there's some other people in the room. Who else was in the room besides Jesus and this woman? There was the this, this disciples. What did they tell her, her to do? Get out of here. Leave. Maybe, just maybe, there's something bigger at play here as Jesus is drawing out this woman's faith, as Jesus is working on you and your faith, there's a word called legacy. That this life is not about you. This this life is bigger than what you see and are experiencing right now. And I don't know why you're going through the silence that you're going through right now with God. I don't know why you're, you're, you're going through the, the pain and the suffering like this woman was going through seeing her own daughter suffer and hurt. I don't know why you're experiencing the no's that you are, but there's something bigger at play here. I don't know why Matthew, Matthew said, this story, this story you got to know about. As Matthew's writing his own testimony about what he saw Jesus do, this one gets attention and he puts it in there and and he says this woman had great faith. Matthew's writing this down for the next generation. I'm leaving. This is what you have to know. I only got so much I can write. This is what you need to know. This woman had great faith. I want a church. I want for you this morning. I want you to renew your quest because it's bigger than you. Whatever you're building on right now, the foundation, hopefully it builds a legacy that you may never even stand on. It may be for your son or daughter. It may be for your grandchildren that don't even exist. I think Jesus, I almost picture him, I don't know, I'm reading into this, almost like a smirk. She she makes the request and nothing, but he's kind of like, hmm. And she makes that request and he hears the voice. Get her out. Boys, I know, you, I know you think this is all about just for the Jews and just for you. I know in our culture, she's a woman, she's a Canaanite, she has no business approaching here. Boys, you got to know this is for everybody. We're in, we're in Gentile territory. We went to the place that got you out of your comfort zone. You don't know what's going on. Like, I'm going to push you. I'm going to challenge you. Because if you're going to have a scrappy faith, you got to understand this thing is bigger than you and your circumstances and what you think. We're going to have to, you're going to face things that are much harder. You're going to have, you've got a lot of tests that are going to come your way. This woman, you need to know, has great Faith, the least likely candidate, she's the one, has a scrappy faith. I don't know where you're at today. You may feel like I'm the least worthy, the least likely candidate. I don't have much faith. I don't have much to give. I have nothing to give. And Jesus would say, When all you have is Jesus. When all you have is God, that's the genesis of great faith. You're in the right spot. You don't need anything else. He's like, hey, good. Now that we got rid of all of that junk where you're trying to earn it and prove it and win it all and look at me and how, it? No. I got nothing. It says she got down on her knees and worshiped and said, Lord, help me. It's just that simple. It's just that hard. But when you let everything go, when you let everything go, it's just, Lord, help me. I got nothing. You're my only hope. I'm banking on you. As Jan said, this, I don't care if I'm smart or dumb. We just know, we know when God works and he moves, but we do have evidence for our faith. It's what we've been talking about for the past several weeks. He's there. He's with you. How do you know? How do you know that he cares, Mike? How do you know that Jesus cares? Because 2,000 years ago, he showed that he cared in the most personal way possible. God came to earth. God came. And I've heard some people say, well, how could God just sacrifice his child and kill his own son and stand by and, and just watch that? No, Jesus was God. This isn't child sacrifice. This is self-sacrifice. Moms, you self-sacrifice all the time for your family and your kids, and that's an honor. We want to honor that. Jesus, God himself, said, you can't do it. I'm going to self-sacrifice for you on your behalf because I love you and I want a relationship with you. That's how good God is. He showed up in the most personal way possible showing that he cared. And the victory over death when he rose from the grave proved that he's able, that he can, no matter what you're facing today. I know I'm running long, so I'm going to close this out. We're going to celebrate. We're going to, we've got some moms and some families. We're going to do a, a child dedication ceremony. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to have you guys come on up and uh, we're going to celebrate um, with a couple of families that we have, and then we'll close out. Father, I thank you for today. Jesus, I don't know what you spoke today. I I just felt like you were speaking that you wanted to encourage people today. That those who are feeling like, I I almost want to just give up. Not that, they may be wanting to give up on life. Some of them are like, no, I'm here. I'm with a brave face. I'm not going to give up on life, but I'm just tired and exhausted. But beneath the strength, beneath the brave face, is like, I'm out of air. I pray that you would speak to them in this moment and give them peace and rest and encouragement to say they can rest in you. And for some in the room this morning, maybe, just maybe, God's speaking your name, saying we've never had a relationship before. You've been trying to do it on your own. You've been trying to earn it. And he's saying today, hey, 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 I'm Lord, I'm Savior, I'm the one. And today you want to surrender to him, just like Jan did, where she said, hey, that was the moment. I knew I was just gonna give my life to him and I'm gonna follow him. Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you're God. You died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead, and I want to be your I want I want to be you to be my Lord and Savior. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand real high this morning uh, so I can see it? Amen. Amen. If there's anybody else that says yes, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior this morning. Let's pray this prayer together. For those who have raised their hand in the room this morning, um, let's all pray this out loud. This prayer doesn't save you, but it, it, it's just a, a way to say, this is my soul crying out to God this morning. So let's all say this together. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner, but today I ask you to forgive me for all my sin. Jesus, come into my life to be my Lord my Savior, and my forgiver, in the best way I know how. I receive you, and I receive salvation. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said, amen. 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 Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired